0: Well, good evening everybody, as you can see we are uh, celebrating the uh, death anniversary, but in the same time also the birthday of Moses tonight. And uh, We know that usually every Monday we meet here to discuss the portion of the week and what does that mean and now we can get weekly inspiration for the week. And we know that in this week as we're reading that section, it doesn't mention the name of Moses. It's actually the only the only section that the name Moses has not been mentioned. The question is, why would you read a section on his birthday that his name has not been mentioned? On his death anniversary, his name has not been mentioned? More than that, nobody even knows where he's buried. Nobody knows. Nobody can find this place of burial. What is going on? I mean, we talk about the leader that leads people from the age 80 to age 120. Just think about it age 20 I mean I don't think you will be in the mood to go ahead and leave Egypt into the desert and kind of hanging out with some people it's not just people I'm not trying to talk bad about them but they were doing something very well one thing they did very well they were complaining you know they were complaining you know this is this is what we do you know we gotta complain we're gonna complain about this and about that that this is good not good enough I mean leader is not defined by being leader until there is a challenge. It can be a health challenge, it can be things not working. That, that's a leader. And now you overcome the challenge and now you connect the people to something higher than you. That's what the leader is. Moses was able to pass all of those tests. And that's what makes Moses unbelievable. But we are not here just to give you History Channel lecture. We are here to make it more like a discovery thing. What does that mean for you? Why are we celebrating? Why am I lighting a candle? Uh, for his name, why is such an important night, you know, why why we are here and what can we get from it? This is what we need to focus on. We need to get something out of this night because it's a very powerful night that can change your destiny, it can change your entire life. And if you do it right tonight and you do it right tomorrow, your life will never look the same. Once you let that soul help you, help you with your health, help you with your with your uh, sustenance help you with your relationship help you with whatever you need help with it's available tonight it's opening the gates are open and every person can enter that gate so let's talk a little bit about Moses his life a little bit history so you know where he come from so Moses basically was born in the 6 months to uh, a mother you have it. the all the all birth is kind of a question because i don't know if you know uh, the parents of Moses, you know, uh, uh, Amram and Yehovit, were married once and they remarry again, which is by Judaism is forbidden. You cannot get divorced from a person and then remarry them again. So that by itself was already kind of weird. Amram basically was a nephew of Yehovit, so he marries aunt. Another thing, which is question mark. So I don't want to tell you more because then you're going to say. Mm. If they can do that, what about me, right? <laughs> so the idea, of this whole story, how Moses came about, you know, it's kind of uh, weird. Which telling us is that mean we are here to discuss the story or to discuss the meaning of that story? Because there is a meaning to that. What is Moses? Is Moses as a person? Or Moses is meaning to give birth to something incredible? You gotta look at that both ways. From the story point of view, which what we call pshat? Yeah, the story happened. From the secret point of view, what we call the Sod, it means that we are giving birth, we are giving birth to something very powerful tonight. We are giving birth to Moses. It's not that his mother is the giving birth to Moses. It's not that his father Amram gives birth to Moses. We are giving birth to something special. But to give birth to something special, you have to be in a special situation. You have to think out of the box how to give birth to something such a powerful as Moses. So from tonight on, by the way, from tonight on, like whatever you do tonight, whatever you do till tomorrow night, define how this year will basically play for you, what's gonna happen to you. It's a quite important night and you need to take advantage of it. Forgive me. The sushi is too salty. <laughs> so we need to understand that, so, from the Moses, the story, if I continue the story, just from the story point of view, we are talking about, he was born in the six months. At that time, it was a decree that all the firstborn, or not the firstborn actually, all the boys had to be killed by the Egyptian. The Hebrew slave, or the Jewish at that time, had to hide the baby, or they had to get rid of the baby boys. And a lot of people had to die, unfortunately. The mother of Moses, together with his sister Miriam, decided to put him in a basket and put him in the Nile, which is say maybe that's going to work out, right? And they put him into the Nile. His name was not Moses, by the way. When he was born, his mother gave him the name Tuvia. That was his name, first name. And then the daughter of Pharaoh, which was the master, not just of Egypt, he was the master of everything. Pharaoh was controlling the world at that time. It was everything that you can imagine. And by Pharaoh controlling the world, Batia is his daughter, she found him, in the Nile, somehow adopted him. So he grew up like, like a prince. He grew up like a very important person. Now why is that piece of information so important for us to know? Because try to imagine Moses is changing his path. He has everything. Moses had everything. He is he's second to Pharaoh. He's is everything that a human being can imagine at that time. From the money, from the, from the fame, from the power, Moses had as a toll. but what he does, he feel it's kind of a little bit unfair. Those Hebrew slave or Jewish slaves, this is not a cool picture. I'm looking at that picture, and this is injustice. So he stay authentic to his goal. He stay honest to his mission, and he say, "Yeah, maybe I got it right, but everybody else didn't." I don't think that's the way life should go. This is such a beautiful thing, a decision of a leader. It's not when you want to do good. It's when your good you're doing will benefit everybody else. It might be that you will put your life in danger, but everybody else will make it. And I know it's very hard to find people like that today, that really sacrifice their life for the sake of others. The others will truly make it. That's what Moses was Tremendous and amazing. And that's the pshad. That's a simple story of of Moses. And you know what happened? He tried to save few people. He tried to help. And unfortunately, in the end, because he was so good, um, few people, from his own people, from his own nation, unfortunately, snitched on him. That he's a little bit too good. And when you are too good around too many bad people, it's time to quit. Everybody tried to kill you. He had to run away, he ran away to Ethiopia, okay? Ethiopia is around, below Sudan, if you know where it is. And from there he had to go to the Midianite, and from in the Midianite, he basically started to go on his mission to be a leader, what we call the mission of the burning bush. So this whole story of the pshat is telling us about Moses, and the reward that God is giving him. You know what the reward that God is giving him? God is telling him, you know Moses? You've been a perfect human being. i never met a perfect human being like you. You're an angel of human being. I'm going to give you two gifts. One gift, that when your death anniversary comes and your birthday comes, your name will not be mentioned in the Torah. Your name will be mentioned in every week portion beside your birthday. What kind of gift of that? Unfortunately, we look at life like when we gain more and we have more. That's a gift. When you get to a spiritual level, when you start to receive too much, You start asking yourself, am I receiving it from uh, a selfish point of view? Am I receiving it because the universe want to give me? I always tell people, you know, when life going perfect, start looking around you and make sure that this has come from above. When life going wrong, it's definitely come from above. You should be happy and let's, let's study how to overcome it. So that's the story from a historical point of view. From the thought point, if you from the secret, let's look at that story as what does that mean for us. So Moses born in the six months, going into the Nile, a lot of opportunity there. Look at your life tonight. What in your life looks like a challenge? What is the challenge you're facing right now? Is your challenge look like health issue, money issue, relationship, things are not moving the way you want it? That's the birth of Moses for you. That's actually the birth of Moses. You don't know. It's the unknown area. You have no idea where you're going to go. The next thing, they put you, they give you some good things. Think about a good moment in your life. Good moment that used to be there, great and unbelievable, but you had a lot of misopportunity. You lost it. It's gone. That's the second life of Moses. Then the other part, what are you going to do about your life? Are you going to go back to Egypt, to the luxury and the perfect life, but leave it big, but fake? or you want to move on with your life, to do something real, it will be difficult to walk with those people into the desert. Make it really, really difficult. They're going to complain about you. They will never appreciate you. They actually will not even care about you, but you know you're doing the right thing. You got to ask yourself those questions tonight, because your life is very important for you. And if you want to make something serious with your life, we are not here just to get married, have kids, make some money, buy a house and a dog. This is not what life meant to be. Life meant to be for spiritual achievement. And if you start looking at life as a spiritual achievement, then you look at life in a very different eyes. You, You start opening yourself like, okay, what am I doing with my life? It cannot be that every day you go to work, make a living, take a shower, go to the bathroom. It cannot be that you're born to do only that cannot be. I mean, God is not creating you just to come here for a visit and do your thing and, okay, you did good, get out of here. cannot be. I mean, we have to wake up. I know in LA, we live in LA, so it's difficult to see uh, things that you see in New York. When you are in New York, you drive, let's say, from Queens, Brooklyn, Long Island, you see cemetery on the way. You always see a cemetery. You always see a different cemetery on the right on the left it's kind of a reminder wake up <laughs> this, is, this is what everybody is dying to get into right mm-hmm. It's a place that everybody's dying to get into right this is, this is in, the, in LA it's beautiful everything is look everything look, like, like golf course you don't even know it's a cemetery. it's, it's perfectly look so it doesn't you don't even have a wake-up call that something is wrong They're doing construction site in LA it's beautiful they cover it with some beautiful pictures you don't know the messy. How messy it is inside. It's just, just unbelievable. So, when we think about uh, uh, the concept of our life, we must give a little bit more, I should say, attention or awareness into our spiritual growth. And spiritual growth is not just you're wearing a yarmulke, or if you're a Christian cross, or whatever your belief system is. Spirituality is more developing something within. Am I connected? And you can't stop your spirituality. It's when you drive, it's when you eat, when you drink coffee. It's all day long. It's just all day long. It's a practice. It's a practice of being nice. Being religious, it sounds good, but being religious is like having a relationship with God. God and you having a good time. What about the people around you? Who care? That's being religious. When you're being religious, it's you and God. There's no other people. How many people die in the name of religion? Do you haven't have a clue? How many people will die with the right justification because they're not religious enough? How many times religious people will judge non-religious people? Spirituality is a bit different. Spirituality is about your inner self. There is a soul inside of you. That soul is the most beautiful thing, the most beautiful thing the divine created. You're going to find that connection between that soul to the divine. Way, the way you do it is very simple. Yes you want to pray pray you want to be religious be religious but don't lose your spirituality don't lose that love the neighbor as thyself don't lose that test that go we all go into that test every day people bother us people people eat in the wrong way next to us. They take our seat, they take our tea, the coffee, you're, I don't know, Starbucks or coffee bean, you order cappuccino, you're waiting at that side, you're looking for it, somebody took it, and instead of it, you end up with the ice cold tea that you don't want it. Why does that happen? Because this is an opportunity to be spiritual. That's your Moses moment. That's your Moses moment. You can hold the book and pray all day long, and you don't have that Moses moment. Moses was spiritual. Moses was spiritual. That's what Moses all about. Moses was not busy. How me and God having a good time. Moses is one of those people who told God, "Listen, God, tell Moses, I'm going to erase all these people and kill them all." Moses said to God, "If that's so, I'm not part of this game. I'm done. I'm done here, right there, right now." Who would say such a thing? I mean, think about it. who would say such a thing. To give your life for the rest of the people. That's spirituality. So tonight, you got to ask yourself one big question. Are you truly committed for spirituality? And that's a question. Are you committed? Commitment to spirituality is not happening when you study here with me. It's wonderful. We're sitting. We have some sushi time. Nice light. Atmosphere. It's, it's cool. It's, it's nice. i love to have you. It's nice. Spirituality is all day long. It's at your place of work. It's a place of everything. It's at the place where you do your your pray. Because when you do your pray, you can become selfish. You're basically using God for your own need. What are you asking God? Did you ever record your pray? Write your pray on a piece of paper. Please God, I need a soulmate. Please God, I need help. Please God, I need some money. Please God, my neighbor bought a better car than me. Can I have that same car? So we are sound pretty selfish. But if you ask God, let's let's talk differently, like Moses. If you say, God, I feel like I'm a little bit selfish. I'm not giving enough to my friend. I'm not kind enough to my neighbor. And I cannot forgive my father for whatever he did to me. Can you give me power to do so? That's spirituality. Now you talk about spirituality. That's called a Moses moment. We need to get to that level of understanding. And when we get to that level of understanding, Things start to change automatically because you look at life differently. You look at life like Moses So whatever Moses went through with the people of Israel. He suffered so much for 40 years, but he was not thinking for a second that something wrong with him. He looked at it like an opportunity for him to grow spiritually. And that's what I want to share with you. The last gift that God gave Moses, he said, I will hide your grave. Nobody will know where you bury Meaning, his place of burial is not going to be known to everybody. Now, why? What kind of gift is that? Moses was afraid that the respect that people give him after he died, that they will make him like kind of a god or angel. So he asked, Please hide so nobody will find me. What kind of gift are you getting to your birthday? Can you imagine you have a birthday party? And you have no gift for your birthday party. Nobody comes with a gift. Terrible feeling, right? Yeah. People coming, eh. everybody, you want to receive a box or wedding or something. You're waiting, like, what's going on? And you're giving that face, like that, that show, the funny show, what's the name? Uh, Larry, Larry Davis. Oh, you give that face outside, what's that? Not a gift. Get out of it, right? So, you know, so you. You need to understand that this is how we train somehow that on our birthday, we're supposed to receive something. And it's not like that. It's the ability not to want it, not to want it. If you receive it, you receive it. But not to want it. And if it's come, it's come. And I'm not telling you that I'm in this place. I'm just talking about Moses tonight. So it does mean the speaker is putting himself, myself, a little bit even in the dust of what Moses is to walk on. I'm just the one who tells the story, so don't put me in a place like wow. Uh, the, no, no, I'm not even close to that. So I'm just sharing that information so it can work for all of us. Now I would like to read a section from the Zohar, and I hope I put the note. Yeah. So the Zohar asks, "Bore, come and behold, ben Moshe leshar' What's the difference truly really between Moses?" Other people. What's the difference? Why? Why is this such an important night that we need to tap into it? When God spoke to Moses, God told to Moses, "Leave me alone, can you imagine God talking to Moses? Leave me alone, and I'm gonna erase these people. I'm gonna kill them all. Kill them all. And I will make you into a great nation." what did Moses answer for my own good I will leave those people alone what kind of thing is that so now when God is giving me everything I ever wanted and all the people will be erased and I'm not going to ask some mercy for them Now people will look at me like what Noah did. Why is he mentioned Noah? Those of you don't know the Noah, the story of Noach, you know, those of you who don't know the story of Noah, the story of Noah, Noah built the ark. And when he built the ark, he wasn't asking God to have mercy on the people. So if you see, some say that Noah reincarnated into the body of Moses. So Moses have a second chance this time not to take that gift and just say, Oh, I am wonderful. I am good. Let the people die. And from here we learn something very important about Moses and something about us. If you get a chance, there is, there is a question. There is a question in the, in the Jewish law. And the question goes like this. And you should think about it. The Jewish law said, you're not allowed to hurt your body. That's one of the Jewish laws. You're not allowed to hurt your body. But the second Jewish law said, "Persons should not kill. You're not allowed to kill. Question been asked in the Talmud. The Talmud asked, what if somebody put a gun to your head and a gun in your hand? Gun to your head, gun into your hand. What do you do? Because if you let them kill you, you're going against the law of you should take care of your body. If you kill another person, you go against the law of killing another human being. What do you do? The Talmud asked that question, right? I mean, 2,000 years ago. Did it ever happen? Of course. I don't know if you follow the, the history of the Nazi. You know, it happened. They put gun into this people's head and they asked the person to kill one of their friends. What do you do? You're not allowed to be killed. That's against the law. You're not allowed to kill. It's also against the law. So what do you do? So there is a section, section in the Talmud that explains there is something that is called in Hebrew ve'al better to be killed and not to kill somebody else. Better to be killed and not kill somebody else. Moses was willing to be killed as many times as possible, but not for him to be killed and everybody else to be killed. He didn't care to be killed. The day will make it. The question for you tonight, guys, and this is, it doesn't need an answer. It's a thought, guys. Maybe it's a two question, but I look at it as a one question. Is there is one thing that you're ready to die for? Is there is one thing in your life right now that you're ready to die for? Second question, which I think is the same is there is somebody in your life that you ready to die for them so they will make it. Thank God we live in Los Angeles. Thank God everything is safe here and beautiful and unbelievable. Great harmony. Unbelievable. Between the vegan and the yoga, we are doing well. <laughs> Nothing can go ever wrong, right? Between doing the warrior, what do you call this thing, the warrior thing, to do the, the vegan sandwich, what can go wrong, right? So it's not exactly a place where you ask people. I told my wife I'm going to ask it tonight. I say, in a it's very risky. New York can do well with that question. I don't want to do that. Can disturb the vegan moment. So if you think about it, I mean, if you think about it, who are you? are you? How far are you ready to fight for your own truth? And did we give up on our dream? Do you have a dream? Do you have something you believe in? And it's so important. It's really so important for the people. But you kind of either run out of money, run out of energy, run out of time, and kind of say, enough already. I'm taking care of people. It's time to take care about me. All of us go through that. Moses, <laughs> in age 80, try to imagine, 80, that's when he started to become a leader. Till age 80, he was going around and helping people. Age 80, God say, You're the one. You know what he says? Eh, my brother is a better speaker, forget about me. He won the job. You can say he was Pisces. And we know Pisces don't want to take the leadership. But it wasn't about that. He wants everybody else to make it. You need to remember that. In life, you gotta have sacrifice, you gotta have investment. Those of you who are parents, you want your kids to make it, gotta be investment. You have to make sure. That your life is dedicated for them. They might see it, they might doesn't, they don't see it, doesn't matter. But they have to make it, if you have kids. Those of you who are married, husband, wife, you want your partner to make it. You want your partner to make it. But if that means sometimes that you're going to get less and they're going to get more. It's not, it's not a fair party. Everybody looking for a fair party. Those of you who are, I don't know, in a relationship, starting a relationship, You gotta make some sacrifice. You want your partner to do better than you. That's the beginning of love. That's a Moses moment. In every area of your life. Sometimes in your office there is competition. And sometimes people calling me, some of my clients, tell me, Eliya, I got an opportunity to get a better position in my job. Say, how better? Say, I'm gonna get 10000 dollars more a year. And say somebody losing because of you. Say, yes, two people are gonna get fired. is that worth for you? That ten thousand dollar is so important that those two people are gonna go. If it is, do it. I mean, if you're really desperate, but just think, think about your sacrifice. You have to think a little bit sacrifice for another human being. And tonight, I want you. I'm asking you, if you if you can later or now, write down what are you willing to sacrifice in your life so somebody else will benefit. And it cannot be your, your birds or dog or cat. I'm sorry, I, I have a dog. so It cannot be for the sake of the dog. Okay, I'm not going to eat, so my dog will eat. It has to be with human being. I'm, I'm sorry for the bad news. But, but it has to do with the human being. Which human being will benefit because of you? What sacrifice are you willing to make that somebody else will make it? That's what we call a Moses moment. That's a spiritual moment of Moses. Unfortunately, a lot of time when you become religious, you forget about those things because you be, you run on automatic. You you don't think anymore. Whatever you pray, if you pray as Jewish three times a day, Christian, whenever you pray, Muslim the five times a day, the Hindu, the chakra, the thing, everybody have their things. But in the end of the day, you are running on, I think, automatic pilot. You don't think anymore. Spirituality, you gotta stop and ask yourself, what effort do I need to make for the sake of making sure somebody else will be benefited? Now, there's another section. And that will be a good time if you need a piece of paper. You can write it on the phone. I will not judge you to be texting anybody. So don't worry. It's all good. It's all good. Remember. It's all good. Yeah. So the Zohar in section 888. That's a section. Teruma. Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai, the person who wrote as well, said, Moses never died. What a comment. Shelaman no amar Rabbi Shimon, Moshe lo He didn't die. So what are we doing here tonight, right? But it's written in the Torah that Moses died. So why? Why is Rabbi Shimon even uh, say he didn't die? Not only that, he say, lo Not only he didn't die, he actually extended his life to have a longer life. So, what is Rabbi Shimon trying to tell us that Moses never died? What is the death? If you think about the death, if you go deep into that subject, from a philosophical point of view, from a concept point of view, you know, sometimes when you don't see somebody for a long time, it's almost like they die. You no longer can communicate with them. Can text, no phone, or nothing. I don't know how many of you ever have somebody dear to you gone. You know, basically, there is, in the usual tradition, there is a burial. And in the burial, you say goodbye. That's the last goodbye. You, It's a tough moment. And in that moment, you are basically can talk to them. but the question can they take to, talk to you? Are we buried them? or they bury us. I'm talking about from the curtain point of view. I don't know if you can imagine that. Like, when a person now going under the ground, is the reality happened there, or the reality happen on, on this side? Which side is reality? I just want you to see the point of view, what I'm talking about. And what Rabbi Shimon by tried to tell us, that from Moses' point of view, people could not handle is level of energy because if we continue to be in our frequency of reality we will not be able to handle that type of energy it's not in our level a person like Moses reached something they call unconditional love love everything you cannot make him reactive you cannot make him angry when Korach his cousin tried to make him angry to speak bad about him the first thing Moses did was very simple he fall on his face People ask, why did he fall on his face? He was checking himself. Maybe I get hurt. Maybe he insult me. Maybe he hurt my feeling. So he fall on his face to check his ego if something bothered him. And it's a very important thing to understand. So I just want to share this with you. I want to see if I have, yeah, I have time, great. I want to share with you another subject about it. But this is a very important time for you before I move on to the next subject. Which is what's happening next week. You know, I want you to just maybe take a moment to write down maybe your sacrifice. What are you willing? And I'm, I promise to give you two, three minutes. What are you willing to do for the sake of somebody else's life to get better? Not what are you willing to do that your life get better. What are you willing to do for somebody else's life to get better? Just either write it down, either. If you want to memorize it, I prefer that people write it down or put in a phone. It'll take two minutes. Just when we changed the room, a lot of crowd came. What are we gonna do? Maybe we keep the room this way. <laughs> we did a lot of shooting today. We should nineteenth lecture today. Yeah. Early morning. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. See you tomorrow. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. It's got to be Rob. <laughs> I got a feeling this Rob making that noise. Do you hear people in New York? I have a guy named Rob here. That's <laughs> <laughs> usually what he does. Make some noise. Don't know what to do about it. They hear you. Can you feel me, guys? <laughs> Anybody has a question about Moses before I'm shifting gear into something very powerful? So, that's your water? That's yours. Psh, I'm, I'm your water. Oh, boy. you're the water? Well, what's you're happening? I'm running empty. empty. It's Suffering. <laughs> what kind of water carrier, man? You are. <laughs> I'm a water carrier. Okay. You good? Can we continue? Mm-hmm. Tony, I you came. This is somebody your friend was here. Yes, you're Hello. looking for. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> he just came. Funny. <laughs> Where where was I? I put the glasses on. Okay. Okay. Yes, Faye, I have a question. Please respect and listen so we all can hear the answer. You said Moses was half human, half angel. From the beginning he was like that? Or he transformed? Great, great question. Great question. Was he born that way or not? I want to answer, I don't know. I want to answer, I don't know, based on the information. The place that he mentioned that Moses was half-human, half-angel, is before he died. Before he died, he said the verse, "Lo mm-hmm. I cannot come in and I cannot go out. He was in between that world. So Moses never thought that he was special. The reason he didn't think he was special, because he said to God and to the people, the reason I am who I am, because basically, God put that soul inside that body. That's who I am who I am. From a Kabbalah point of view, it came from something called Da'at. Da'at is a sefirah of Da'at. Which means he, he achieved the highest level a human can ever achieve. No human can get to that level. If you know the five levels of the soul, nefesh, ruach, neshama, he was in Chaya. Chaya is a quite high level. Yichida is the highest level to connect to Keter. That happened with the Mashiach came, and the Messiah came. that we're all going to be in Yechida. Moses was a single person who achieved that level. Of course, the one who extended him to continue his job was Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon was a spark to continue when he did Tikunah Azor. That's why it's so important for me personally, Tikunah Azor because Tikunah Azor is the the continuation of, of Mount Sinai. The reason I took you there to Pekin, because that's almost... We don't know how to do it. It's a teleport to the moment of of Sinai. It's the same place, so it's the same exact place. We are not at that level. Even Darius said how to do it, but he said to use all kind of things that I don't want to use. Pretty scary, you know. You get wrong, you find yourself in Egypt as a slave. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to make any mistakes. So he had he had exactly how to teleport yourself, but he tells you a few things that might happen. So, uh, you know what? Maybe next time. <laughs> you know so. Was he born that way? He definitely had the potential. But he was using his potential. And I think sometimes when I look at myself, I'm also born with some potential. Am I using all my potential? No. You know? Potential has to do with negative things that you have to be stopped doing. And positive thing that you should do with excitement. Moses never stopped. I mean, when you look at his life, he did a few mistakes with hitting the rock instead of talking to the rock. But even then, those of you who studied deep enough what happened, he was worried that if we do it right, nobody will make it. Because he said, I'm such a high level, I can do it, but what about the people with me? If the people with me will never make it, it's not worth it. Let me be the one who do the mistake and stay in their level, then me getting in and all of them die. That's a sacrifice. That's a sacrifice. And and you know it's it's uh, we have to start looking at the opportunity in our life. And sometimes we we think more is more, but sometimes when you have quality, life is better. And and there is a story that comes to my mind as I'm talking to you about it. And the story is it's a funny story. Is the student of the Bar Shem Tov asked him one time, "Can you can you tell us why you why are you always laughing before you?" Uh, Holding the wine, every time the Baruch used to hold the wine, he started laughing and then he put the cup. Uh, and one Shabbat, he was a little bit laughing, like a stereotype. Usually, Rabbi do not laugh like that. Rabbi shit, tough. He's laughing, you know, because Barashav was spiritual. It wasn't just religious, it was spiritual. So he's holding the cup and he's laughing, put it back and he's laughing. In the end of the Shabbat, one student was strong enough and had a chutzpah enough to say, Rabbi, why are you were laughing? So you really want me to tell you? I said, yes. So okay. Next Shabbat, next Saturday, I'm going to take you to the place where, where I saw what I saw. I'm going to teleport you there. So the way they used to teleport themselves, instead of using the name, they used to have four horses and a, and a large wagon. And they were sitting there and they are saying different name. And then the wagon and the horses teleported itself to wherever they want. So beautiful. And they arrived to this house. As they arrived to this house, uh, the Balashav to look at the students and say, You have to promise me not to laugh loud. Whatever you see, you cannot laugh. They promise, don't worry about it. They see four of them, very old house, like a shack. It wasn't even look like a house. Very poor people. And you see, the husband came back from the Friday night pray. And it's just two of them, two people hanging together. And the father, you know, not the father, the husband walking into the house. And he, he, he kissed the wife, said, oh, what a wonderful to be with you. I'm so glad that I'm married to you. And he said, just because you're in my life, I want to dance with you. That's what he said. That's what he said. And they started dancing. were always oh, two of them, there's nobody there. And then he sit the table, time to eat. And he, say, he said to his wife, dear wife, dear wife, what are we eating? He said, honey, first we start with the fish. And all what they have is one pot, full with beans. She take this uh, long uh, spoon made of wood, stick it in there, put it on the plate, put for herself, put for him, they sit together. She give him the beans, and he look at it and say, wow, now that's a fish. He tested and say, I tested many fish in my life, as you know it, honey, but that fish is special. So, before we are celebrating eating it, we need to dance. So, they dance around the table again. And then they sit together. So, what's, what's coming next? Ah, oh, the next thing is the soup. Of oh, there's only beans there. They took another spoon of beans, put it in a bowl. Well, it has a soup, it even makes some noise like there's water. Oh, now that's good. And they dancing again. They're imagining like the richest people in the world. <laughs> And then she give him a beans again. He said, now I make you the steak the way you like it. Okay? Well done. He always asks me, that's a well done. And he's eating it. And he's enjoying it. they dancing. At that moment, the Barashem the student knocking on the door. Now, you need to know if I tell you the Barashem Tov is like saying, I don't know, the most important person you can imagine knocking on your door. You get a knock. You open the door and you see that person at the door. And there, he look at his wife. And they were worried, maybe they did something really bad by dancing, by, by, by imagining that they are rich. Or, or, and, and as we look at the wife, and they look at each other, and they look at the bunch of and say, did we do something wrong? I mean, you know, so no, no, the opposite is laughing. So what you did was so powerful. And I want to tell you, since the two temples were destroyed, the angels are looking for such a love like between two of you. And they couldn't find people who are finding love in everything. You're capable of finding love in everything, even in a lima bean, and even in a bean, you find the love. And because of that, you reach such a high level, almost like Moses. I said, thank you, Rabbi. I said to him, in heaven, they ask you for a question. I see that you don't have children. You can either ask me for a blessing that you can have kids, or I can make you the richest people in the world. And they look at each other. And they're smiling and say, we're okay with the beads. Let's <laughs> be, we can deal <laughs> with the beads. Uh, well, kids will be okay. And they actually, it's a true story, by the way, and they, they have a son, and they name him after the Bar Shemtu, Yeah, Rabbi they call him Rabbi So what I'm trying to tell you that a lot of time, we one thing we don't have. And wanting the thing they don't have, not necessarily will make you happy eventually. There is things which are small, but has meaning into it. And if we not start to look for meaning, I know we're living in the toughest time, because in our generation, everything is about luxurious, Then you get the new phone, the new car, the new shoes, the new jeans, it, 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 it never stops. The competition never stops. It's very difficult to, to make it. So, to, nobody will. Be, if somebody see you dancing with the beans, you're gonna be you're going to hospital. So, so we are, we are living in a time which is more difficult than they did. You know, three hundred years ago it was easy to be poor because uh, you know. But in our time, people think it's easy time now. No, it's the toughest time now because physicality become powerful. Physicality becomes so powerful that you cannot. Practice spirituality in, in, in a full capacity. It's very difficult. Respect yourself. So every moment of spirituality you make, it's more than all of them made in their life. You need to start to appreciate yourself. I see sometimes people beat themselves up. Oh, we are so far away from Moses. We're so far away. If Moses will be here, how much would he respect you for even showing up, for even coming? Because we live in such a materialistic, physical world It's impossible to find even five minutes to be really spiritual. So if you find five minutes, 20 minutes, one hour here to be with us and do some lecture about spirituality, about Moses, that by itself, it's an achievement. Give give compliment to yourself. Every time that you forgive someone in our generation, you did something like Mount Sinai every time that you're able to write a letters to somebody that's annoying you and you can't stand them and you actually forgive them, you did like you wrote the Zohar. Because in our time it's difficult. In our time to be kind is difficult. Respect yourself for that. you got to give credit to yourself. Because lately I have a lot of people who are calling me, say, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with you? I say, nothing wrong with you. You are living in the toughest galut, in the toughest exile that exists. The Zohar say about our time, 2,000 years ago. It's all about this time. We say, in our time, whoever will be capable to be spiritual one hour a day, consider a righteous person. One hour a day. Try to imagine. You did good today, right? You came here. You have one hour a day. You're already righteous. So all of you are already righteous. Just understand the power (coughs) of being spiritual in our generation. I know that a lot of time spiritual leader or religious leader can be tough on people and say you should do this, there's something wrong with yourself and it's never good enough it's because they're tough on themselves because they feel they don't do enough and then they're tough on the people but the truth of the matter is it's not about being tough on the people you should get credit for achieving what you achieve that's it, you make an effort tonight you park the car difficult to find parking, Uber or whatever you did it's difficult, all that effort counts all the little thing count. Everything you do, little bit, count. Whatever you do, count. Please respect yourself for that. And make sure when you see other people struggling on the spiritual journey, but they do one thing, that's an achievement. That's, that's, wow, unbelievable. If you have friends or family or children, they one thing, one little thing, that by itself is an achievement. And I don't see it happening enough in our generation. People can be tough on each other. You don't do enough, you don't do enough. You do more than enough. Every little action that you do, that, that counts. Now, I want to talk to you about another thing that's happening. We know we are in the month of Adar, the month of Pisces. This is the month that a person must see the good in themselves. This is one month that a person must see what's good about you. What does that mean? The Kabbalists explain that there is two holidays. One called Purim, happening exactly next week. Is it next week on Monday night? Monday night. night. Next week, Monday night. When we get drunk and we read the Megillah and all this and that. (laughs) So it's an easy holiday. But the other holiday that has almost the same name called Kippur. This is called Purim next week. Kippur. A big difference. So the Talmud asks why they have a similar name. One is called Kepurim. Kepurim means like Purim, as if it is Purim. What are you doing in Kippurim? You're fasting. You're praying non-stop for 25 hours, and that's, that's Kippurim. It's almost like you look at people, they suffer. suffering. And what you need to do at Kippurim, to look inside what's wrong with you. Beat your heart, what's wrong with me? Hey, I did this, I did this, I did that. You're coming to Purim, you come to Purim, what are you doing in Purim? Nothing. You're doing nothing. You have some custom, you're eating, you give some charity for Avionim, for different things, that you gotta do, and you get drunk. You have to get drunk. You have to get drunk on Purim. You have to. You know? Not to get drunk that you're throwing up, but get drunk that you don't know the difference between good and bad. Why? Why is that? Why is that that you don't know the difference between good and bad? So the idea is like that. The idea is like this. Please disagree, okay. It's very important. Not knowing the difference between good and bad, meaning that you get to a stage where your bad side is no longer look bad to you. Your bad side is now good. You don't hate yourself anymore. you got to reach in the level of Purim that you love yourself. you got to reach to that level. That's next week. And if you are doing all the work and you didn't reach that level, why, why drinking is so important? Because when a person drinks to a certain level, Busemeh, the Gemara said in Megillah, the Talmud in Megillah said meaning the person has to kind of feeling that his head is heavy. That's what the explanation says your head is heavy, like um, you don't know where you are, you got to get to that level. When you get to get that level, you have to assign a friend next to you, and he's going to ask you, do you know the difference between Eamon and Mordechai? Eamon is the bad guy in the Megillah, and Mordechai is the good guy. They suppo- you have to assign somebody before, and then they come to you and say, do you know the difference? What does that mean? amen represents the negative side of yourself, and Mordechai represents the good side of yourself. You've got to get to a place where you don't see no more the difference, that you know that doesn't matter how much effort you make to do bad and how much effort to, you make to, be, to do good, the Creator eventually will redeem you from that negativity of yourself. Because a lot of time, you know, we start to believe, I can overcome it, I can overcome it. And every year you promise, every Rosh Hashanah, you come with some list, I'm going to change one, two, three, and four. And you promise yourself, eh, maybe you last for 20 days. <laughs> 20 days after Sukkot. And then you go back to the same thing. Ah, I don't think I can make it. And then you hate yourself. Why you hate yourself? Because there is an evil side in you that's telling you shame on you. Right? But because the evil side works in such a beautiful way. Look, look at the evil side. First he convinces you to do bad. Then he convinces you to change. He's the one who convinces you. Then he's telling you shame on you. He didn't even change. But you should answer your evil side I'm 70% okay. I am. 30% not okay. I know that. I'm trying here. I'm trying, I'm fighting, and every time I'm going to erase some negativity, I'm going to do better. It's step by step I'm going to do better. That's my 30% percent i got to do better. On Purim, when you come to Purim, you are got to get into a level where you see your 70% good and you love it. That's what you celebrate on Purim. So for that reason, in the month of Pisces, in the month that Moses was born, the month that Moses left his world, you gotta do the Purim. People do the Purim almost like a tradition, historical event. You're gonna do the Purim with Kavanah, with meditation. When we read the Megillah here, when we read the scroll, what is Megillah? Again, the word Megillah means Legalot. Legalot means to reveal. You're revealing the energy if you want to know the name of the energy, it's called Yesod the Abba. You're revealing a certain energy that never revealed in any time of the year. Not on Shabbat, not on Pesach, not on Rosh Hashanah, not on Kippur. Actually, never. It's only revealed on Purim. That energy is so powerful that it can redeem you from any problem that you might have. Yes, with us, we're going to have music and drink and all this and that. That's not the purpose. That's the custom. That's you know the the, the Hasidim. This is the, the 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 how you present it, but the in, the kavana, the, the thought. If to do it right, you have to do it with that kavana. I'm here to find the good side of myself, and I'm here to keep it forever, and that's how it's gonna stay for the rest of the year. That's why in the in the Talmud and in the Midrash it says that in the end of time it will only we're only gonna stay with one holiday, Purim. It's kind of weird. You know, you thought we would stay with one all day, was No. Nothing. No, nothing will stay beside that, only poem. Does that mean that we're all gonna be drunk and with costume and we dance I mean, and drink? I mean, what's what is that all about? There is more to it than that. That means in the end of time, we're all gonna be able to find the good side of ourselves. And for that reason, what do you do on poem? You're supposed to send gift to one another. And in the gift you're supposed to have at least minimum three cookies. Minimum three cookies. You basically make a little plate and you start sending it to people you love. Why that? Because that's your extension of your goodness. You go with your extension of your goodness and you're chasing it. My kids last year saw me that I have cash in my pocket, you know, to give charity. And they say, why today? What's so special? I say, it's written that you extend your generosity on this day. It's very powerful. Why? Because at that day, there is all the goodness of yourself come down. And when you're able to extend it with giving charity, $1 a year, $2 a year, $5 a year, what happened to your personality? It's growing. You become bigger than life. Another thing that we're doing on Purim, we're doing something with the coin, with the silver coin, called Machatzit Shekel. When you're elevating the coin, and through that, you're receiving the energy of health, that you can receive health for the rest of the year. So that night, it's basically taking care of every problem you can imagine, but because in the tradition it becomes kind of a story. Amen, Mordechai, Esther, which it's not exactly happening in Purim. Those of you who know the history, you know you should know more about Nissan. This I'm not here to make your head blow, but just to let you know that event in Hamadan, Iran, took a place for 13 years. It was 13 years event. And we read it like that in one night. You know, we read it like the whole story in one night. 13 years people were scared and suffered. 13 years. And in one night, everything changed. And what we celebrated that night, if you have issue, and God forbid you don't, I hope you don't, but if you have something that truly doesn't work for you, things which are blocked, things which are not moving to any negative direction, make sure that you are coming to that night with the consciousness of changing something. Because the change itself is, has to start from within. So everything about life is to be able to see the good in you. If you're not capable to see the good in you, it will be super difficult to move to the next level. If you cannot see the good in yourself, even if God want to give you the gift, it will be difficult. It's written, it's written in the Talmud that God said to the people, He say, en arur midabek bebaruch.' God said, I need you to know, I am blessed, I am baruch. If you feel bad about yourself, you feel aru, aru means curse. I cannot connect to you. I'm going to wait here until you will feel blessed. Once you feel blessed, I promise I will come next to you. Unfortunately, when you study, a lot of time, religion or spirituality, the education is different. you got to beat yourself up so bad until God will come and visit you. The study shows something totally different. It's a... Well, welcome, Shy. <laughs> so, it's good. So, the, the study showed totally a different direction. And the direction is, you must see the good in yourself. For the creator to come closer to you. So if there is one thing about you that you don't like, do you have one thing that you gotta kick it out? You have one thing you don't like about yourself. Please, before next week, before Monday, make a list about the thing that you don't like about yourself. And every shot of drink that you're gonna make <laughs> we're going to sit and you're going to assign either me or somebody else, we're going to sit and we're going to go on that thing and we're going to get rid of that negative thing about you. It's enough, enough with that. So we're going to do pulling with the right consciousness, not just, you know, drinking and celebrating, you know, as I, my friend asked me, I was purim, all this. I said, I don't know, we're going to drink, say, the Megillah, and I don't know what's happening next. I never know with pouring where it's going. I have no idea where things are going. Usually we are here, we're in the Megillah, and then people are coming and they dress weird, you know, and putting all kind of costume. I don't even know who, who is the people when they walk in, not wearing the glasses and wearing different masks. And, and I love it. I'm not against it. I love the idea. They come up with all kinds of imaging. And the, the purpose, it's beautiful because it makes people laugh. It makes you laugh. The idea is, I like myself. You have to get into a place you like yourself. Now, is that dangerous for the ego? What ego? Wow. Well, what ego? If you think you have ego, that's even an ego. You really think you have ego? I love to hear about it. If you think you really have ego, ego about what exactly? About what? Some people might have ego. Let's say if we take 5000 people in the world, they should have ego. I don't think I am one of those 5000. Okay, I didn't do yet something. Woo, that that's it. That I have now a pills that if you take it, you live forever. Do you have that pills? I don't have it. You know, I mean, they, they still find finding the corona disease. They don't even know where it's coming, what to do, and what is the ego? What is the ego? What does the ego even look like? So I hear some people, some spiritual leaders say, work on your ego. Oh, on your ego. What ego? It's a joke. Our ego is like a joke. It's like a walking joke. Our ego is that small. We think our ego is big. Even to think you have ego, that's an ego. To think you have ego, that's an ego? I mean, please, show me your ego. That's an ego. I remember this guy tried to impress me. Came here when my son was here. And he tried to impress me. I mean, can you imagine to fly all the way from Dubai to impress me? Why not? Let's try. So he came. He came with the SUV. I didn't even know they make SUV. Lamborghini. You heard about it? Lamborghini stuff. Oh, you knew? I didn't know. Lamborghini SUV. (laughs) (laughs) And I I played my son being very naive, very different than me. And I said, what are you talking about? What is it? And my son whispered in my ear, TV. a Lamborghini SUV." See, I know, I know, but I have to, I have to help him here, okay? So, so <laughs> that's it. That's all what you got. Is it, is it the best one? Always when somebody start to have ego, don't crush their ego. Always show them there is more. Once you see there is more, all of a sudden your ego becomes smaller. You know, I'm traveling with that guy in a private jet. So it's a little bit the chair <laughs> small. And then ask him is it is it a g6 I don't know if you know <laughs> the term g6 g6 is like uh, it's like one of the biggest uh, private jet so, um, uh, how many bathroom you got only uh, that's, 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 I mean it's better than commercial and the person look at me like well I all of a sudden you put in a position that it's no lo- you're defending yourself so ego about what about your private jet about your name being on a paper about what you've uh, Ego. You want to have ego? Please have ego. Please go ahead and have ego. Have it. You will see that it will last for five minutes. That's it. Have an ego. It's not, don't worry about the ego anymore. In our generation, ego is not a problem. So do me a favor. Don't work on your ego. Work on the other end of the ego. Meaning, look at what's great about you. You are great. You are a great spiritual person. Develop that part. Forget about that part that what's wrong with you. Those days are over. We are not even in that level to work on the ego. We're not there yet. We're not there. We're not in the time of Moses. Moses, the Tanaim, they were a giant of spirituality. So they can have ego. If you would be Moses, I understand. You got to work on your ego. You got to work on your... <laughs> can we even be... My friend used to tell me, when we studied together from the Zohar, he said, tell me me, why we merit to have all this knowledge? So he came up with the idea. I said, I don't know. So he kept with there, I think I was the fly that stopped Moses from studying one day. So because I was a fly, they gave me the merit in the next lifetime to reincarnate as a person who allowed to study. <laughs> think about us. I mean, we are simple people. We are good people. We have the ups and downs. We have no one thing of growth. So don't, don't judge yourself, please. No, not, not in the months of Adam, specifically not in this month. Not also next month, please. Because as we're coming to Purim, you got to see the good in you you got to see the good. That's why there are two fish in Adar. You have two fish. The fish that go in the wrong direction and the right direction. Don't ask me which one go in the right or the wrong. Don't know. One of them go in the wrong direction. <laughs> so <laughs> find, find, find the good in you, please. I want you to please close your eyes before, before we finish. And we would like truly, even with sometimes we feel we don't deserve we have to ask for Moses to help us, truly to help us, to guide us. Please Moses, please Moshe Rabbeinu, guide us, help us to make better choices, to be surrounded with the right people, and to find the, the really inner soul of ourself, how beautiful it is. To always we'll be able to see how beautiful soul we have. So we will never forget that our soul is so beautiful, And through that, I can share and help more people. To thank everybody for coming. May this day Moses will stay with us for the rest of the year. And next week, those of you who want to join us, uh, it will be a lot of simcha, it will be a lot of happiness here. Uh, those of you who know how to dance, make sure don't come with high heel so you can uh, dance with sneakers. Those uh, we have backyard so you can dance there too. We're allowed right Debbie? Yes. We're allowed. Okay, yeah I'm asking for everything. Thank you so much people